Welcome to the Across the Karate Verse podcast. Whoa! Wow! That was nice. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Across the Karate Verse. I'm your host, Uncle John, and I'm happy to be here. Look, I didn't intentionally rhyme at that time. Smart. Um, we are official. This is a, this is the second episode, which means that there's a first episode. And uh, our conversation with Only LARPing around Web3 and the incorporation of that into the league uh, as they transition into a DAO was cool. And I hope you listen to it because uh, it's very educational and I enjoy doing it. So moving on, now we're going to do episode two with league president Adam Kovacs, who you all know and love. Um, I learned a lot about Adam and I learned a lot about karate. He's from Hungary and he has a pretty sharp business mind. So uh, I guess that's obvious because he's the president of the league. But um, yeah, our conversation centralized a lot around a lot of like live talk. I'm not going to preface it anymore. I guess you guys just want to hear it. So we're going to dive in without further ado. But um, yeah, thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoy the episode, and um, now we're all best friends with Adam, so good for us. What's up, dude? So, how's your morning going? You all right? Well, yeah, pretty good. I had I slept better, but I'm just having my uh, morning coffee right here and having a nice conversation, so pretty good. I can't yeah. complain. Yeah, I feel that. It's Friday, too. I usually don't try to like emphasize Friday. Like I don't think it's healthy. It's a healthy mindset to have the end of the week be like like your goal to finish. Because if I'm if I really am that like fed up by Monday or Tuesday, like I should probably be doing a different job. So yeah, I tr- but I do appreciate today. This week was just long, so I do feel a little bit of Friday release coming through. Yeah, same here. And it, it for me, it's a little bit. Not because like, it's just, I don't want to work anymore, but when you have a family and you have kids, then it's just the weekends are the one where you can spend more time with them. And I think that's why, and also like in our business and the whole thing, what we're doing is so intense that if you can have an hour or so, when you don't think about all the shit we're doing, I think that's great. And it's much more likely to happen on a weekend than like on the weekdays because once you do something out of passion and like that's something you live for then it's a 24 7 job it's it's non-stop it's it's always in your head no matter if you're like in an office or you're in your car or doing something else but the weekend sometimes helps to to turn off just a little bit and uh, and i think that's why i do wait sometimes the weekends and also it gives a good frame Right. For things. And so, for example, I go to train tonight, which I'm not really looking forward to, to be honest. I'm going to a BJJ class where the last class I was this week, I was really smashed and killed. And then the next one, you are not like really looking forward to. At the same time, I know it's Friday. That's how I end my week with a good training. And then it always feels good that you can check the box saying, okay, I, I feel that I've done what I had to do this week yeah i feel that i my work week was really busy like i had a lot going on and as these projects that i'm working on have been building like for the past month i've it's more been like a waiting game and instead of actively working so i've had time to go to the gym in the mornings and do things around the house and now that i'm like in full swing i only went to the gym once this week so i'm planning on going this evening and then i'm i think weekends are just easier to work out in just having that time is the gym every day and maybe it's not busy but we're figuring it out formal questions here's a formal question explain or tell me your title with karate combat and mm-hmm. then just like the general overview of what's on your plate of responsibilities okay so so my main title is is the president is league president of karate combat also Obviously, now we're doing the big transitioning, but before my title was the more corporate one was a COO, Chief Operating Officer. And I think I was the first guy who partnered with the founders back in 2017. And they had this idea of 
creating a full contact karate league back in 2017 based on like their like they were really right because in 2016 the ufc was sold for four billion dollars that was like one of the if not the biggest transaction in the history of sport and then the same year karate got into the olympics for 2020 tokyo and they said wait a minute we've got one of the most popular martial arts in the world we just became an olympic sport and then we've got this new relatively new phenomena mma and the ufc which is a huge business and then why or, or first it wasn't the why but it was is there an existing professional karate league out there because you will you might think or you would think that if that's one of the most popular martial arts, then that means the biggest pool of talent. And then, then they went online and they did their research and they figured out that there's none. There are huge amateur organizations, the World Karate Federation, different Kyokushin leagues and traditional style of karate leagues. Also in the US, you've got the sports karate circuit, but not one professional league. And if, if you look online, there were some like... People tried and failed or didn't try hard enough or run out of money or whatever reason, but it didn't really stick. And at the same time, you see MMA and the UFC growing and professional boxing doing relatively great. And then you see influencers entering the fight game and so on. So they said like, why there's no professional karate? And they did their research and they looked for, uh, for fighters first, right? And what they did is go and check out the last world championship results. And then they started to talk to fighters. And then my name came up a few times. And also they saw my name on the results of these world championships. They looked at the last five world championships. And out of that, I was, my name was on three, right? I was a silver medalist at the Tokyo World Championships, a bronze medalist in Belgrade. I won the World Games back in 2009 in Taiwan, Kaohsiung. And at the same time, some people already recommended me as somebody who is doing business in full contact sports, working mm -hmm. with the UFC, building his own businesses. And then they said, okay, let's reach out to this guy. And then I've got one day, I was actually in the US. I was in Albuquerque at one of my friend's house and I was teaching a karate seminar there for a few days. And I've got this message from somebody. It was actually a message request because it wasn't a friend of mine. And the person is saying, we're a Wall Street company or Wall Street guys, and we have a great business idea and we want to explore this with you. So if we could set up a call or something with you, then it would be great. I said, is this, I said this before, probably fake news. Is somebody just trying to scam, like just sliding <laughs> into my messages? Like my mentality is always, you never know. You never know. Sure, so yeah. you have, you have to give it a chance because you never know which opportunity will be the one or will be one which helps you to progress, to learn, to be better or have a great business opportunity. And so I respond. The good thing that I looked at it, so I, I saw, because sometimes you just miss these messages. It's not that you don't want to respond, but you miss it. And so I responded and then we jumped on a call. And a few days later, I flew back to Hungary where I was born and, and raised. And then we met in Germany at the tournament with these two guys from Wall Street with their big idea. And then we sat and we went to a bar and we had a few beers. And then I went back and two days later, I got an offer from them and they wanted me to be uh, the first partner and the first guy coming really from the sport because they had this idea, they had the money and they wanted somebody who can actually build this thing when it comes to the sports side. They can take care of the business part, but also somebody needs to come up with a rule set come up with new fighters, come up with like coming from the space and understand how the fight world works or how the UFC is doing stuff. Back then I was at a few UFC events in New York, in London, in Abu Dhabi. So many places as part of the media team from Hungary. So I think that was really a good fit. And also as I built my own businesses, an online magazine, the biggest one in Hungary for full contact sports and also an apparel company. 
then they could feel that there's something here where I can really be helping the whole thing to start, to launch the rocket ship. And I also been doing events. So that was the other thing. If you look at what we're doing now and what we started, it's an event company. It's a content company. It's a sports company. It's a lot of things combined. And that's how I came into the picture. I was head of karate when I started that together with them. And then we started the events. And one, two years later, I became the COO and basically running the league when it comes to the sports side, but also taking a big chunk out of the events mostly organizing and being the director of the event and helping marketing as well, because my other businesses was heavily relying on marketing. And I studied that. So got a bachelor in that. Things just clicked. It sounds busy. Were you, while you were like an active fighter, because I guess most of the listeners know, but for those that don't, Adam was a fighter, kicked some rump back in the day. While you were training, were you like doing work otherwise, like in your it's like a full-time job and was training more part-time or like, where did your stuff with business and marketing start overlapping with your karate training? Yeah. So I was basically a full-time karate athlete. I started karate when I was eight years old. I'm going to be 42 if God helps in February. So that was relatively a long time ago. What day is your and birthday? February 3rd. Dude. I'm the What's fourth. Yours? Yeah? Which year? 91. 91. 81. Dude, you're exactly 10 That's years awesome. older than me. That's crazy. We yeah. need to do like a big birthday bash or something. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, man. that's funny. February yeah. kids. All right. Sorry. You. So you were... Continue. Yeah. So I started... And the funny story was that... So my father had a friend where he worked. And those guys were actually sponsoring a little karate gym back in Hungary. And so they told my father, oh, you've got like an eight-year-old kid. Or no, I was six back then. Just bring him to training. And so I went to the training. Not that I wanted to, but my father said it's going to be good for me. And then like after five minutes, I was this shy kid. And people started shouting and throwing punches and kicks. And I just started crying and ran out of the place. And I said, there's no way I'm coming back. This is not for me. It's too aggressive. It's too loud. I just want to do something chill. And then they said, okay. But, and then I started doing tennis. My father is a big tennis guy. And then two years later, I watched some Bruce Lee movies and also got some really negative stuff on public transportation. I went to school by myself and I really didn't feel safe. And I said, dude, I need to do something to be able to protect myself. And, and then I went back to my father. I said that maybe I was a little bit like worried back then two years ago, but now I want to go because I think I need this. And then this is where the whole thing started. But the funny thing was that they took me to another place where the kids were just playing ball at the first 20 minutes. So that because we said, okay, let's go there, see what the kids are doing. And if I like it, I just join. And I went there. And these guys are playing with the ball. I said, this is my place. I, I want to be there. And I, I joined and then 20 minutes later, we started the training. But the whole, it's very important how you start everything. Because like I already had a good mindset of going into that training. And then the transition to the hard training was much more easier. So that's how I started. Then I got into the Hungarian national team at the age of 16. And I retired at 32. And until then, I was competing with the team, traveling around the world. And I became the most successful Hungarian karate fighter by winning the World Games. By I was the first ever Hungarian to step on a world championship podium when it comes to the biggest organization in karate. Amateur karate is the one which represents at the Olympic Games, the WKF. So that's where I medaled first. I got the junior world champion there and uh, been doing that until 32 and slowly focusing on that. And I think I was also the first guy in Hungary who could make a little bit of money. So, you know, like going back to your original question, like about the business mindset, about what I was doing before I started my journey in business and in working, because if you think about it, I only started working. 10 years ago, it's going to be next year, it's going to be 10 years ago when I retired, which is crazy. And I'm proud of it because, and sometimes I say, fuck, if I started this 20 years ago or 30 years ago, when people come out of college or something and just focus on this, then like, where would I be now? My answer to myself is really, 
either nowhere or at the same spot because I needed that journey through the sport, through like hard work and dedication and success, but also downside, you know, like losing, losing, and then winning to be able to transition that to my everyday life. And when it comes to the business and when it comes to this league as well. So I think it was super important. And at the same time, I'm proud that in 10 years, I could fit in almost 20 years in terms of the journey of building companies and building the league together with my partners and with the entire team, who is amazing. So I'm really proud of that. And again, going back to your question, my parents built a stationary company and business since 1990. But before they worked for big companies, my mother worked at an ad agency. So she had a marketing mindset. She was a journalist before, and my father was always more of a corporate executive guy. He came from engineering. And then back in the 90s, they decided that they don't want to boss anymore, and they want to start building their own stuff, even if it's going to be harder, even if it's more uncertain. And I was, although on the mats, but at the kitchen table, at like we, they were always talking about business. They were always talking about the staff. They were always talking about products and everything else. So I think that's where it got into my way. I knew I never want to do that business. And they hated that I didn't want to either take over or be part of the business. But I learned a lot of being part of this conversation. And I think I also saw a lot of things what I wanted to do differently. And, and that's how... When I transitioned into business and working, I didn't start from scratch. I started with something deeply in me, what I learned through like every day. And as I said, the sport just helps in everything because business and fight business especially is super hard. Every day is a war and the same on training. And also what we do here, organizing events is very similar to preparing for a tournament to a competition. You have to prepare, you've got the timeline, you've got two months to prepare, three months to prepare, one month to prepare, and you have to be at your best shape when it comes the big day. And then next day, it's almost like nothing. Yeah. So it's going up, up there and then nothing. That's where you've got the rush and then the depression for one, two days. Okay, well, I want to do it again. So I yeah, think it was that. a little bit long-winded, but hope it helped. No, that's, no, that's good. I, it reminds me a lot of even my own career. Because I, I went to school to be a history teacher and okay. it I didn't start taking education classes until I was a senior. And by the time I got into education classes, I was like, I don't want to do this. This sounds awful. Did um, you want to do it on the first place? History? I think so. Yeah. Like I was involved in, we had academies at our high school. So they were like getting you ready for like career stuff. So like maybe starting to ask the questions about what you want to do. And I think... I had great teachers, so I was like, oh, I want to do that. And then once I started learning all the stuff that goes into it, I was like, ah, no, I don't want to do this. So I graduated college and I didn't have a job, so I painted houses for a little bit. And then really it didn't have any concept for what I was good at. And I okay. think to your point, it's like I hear you talking about it's once you win, even if they're like little career wins and just like realizing like your potential, then it like boost confidence. And so now like I'm at the same place where I'm doing my own thing. I don't have a boss and I was, it's like really scary and uncertain, but then like I've had every like little win that I've had, I've been like, Oh wait, I think I can do this. And I think like sports does the exact same thing as like career does. It's like, you may not win all the time, but the fact that you win it all probably reinforces like confidence that you can keep going. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I guess you having, what, 20 years of professional fighting, it's like you probably learn things along the way that you can just directly translate. I think the hardest part for me, what it sounds like, is the hardest part is like, where do you convert that into a whole different other trade? Like, but there are life lessons and like things you learn in karate, I'm sure they could apply to typical conventional work. Yeah, I think, and I had this conversation 20 years ago. I remember going into the Hungarian Karate Federation's president's office and like basically begging for money. I said, Mr. President, we all want to reach 
certain goals. We just need money for that because we need to go to these tournaments. We need to train. We need to train with these people. We need this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, yeah, I understand. You also have to see that like what you're at a really good path with karate. And like when you retire, then you're going to be able to transition easily because so much you learn over here. And I told him like, I'm not worried about that because I feel that if you put super hard work and hours and dedication and into anything you do, then you can, you can make it happen. You can. And so that's why I was in that office. I said, we need a solution for this one right now and not think about the future because I'm pretty confident that if we can get, if we can get shit done in sports where it's really hard because it's not only hard, but like it's, especially fight sports, mm-hmm. it's not only mentally hard, but it's physically hard. It's something where if it's a business, if it's challenges at the same time, they still don't try to punch you in the face. Right. So imagine the same thing, struggling with all your stuff, what you have to, and at the same time, somebody's trying to kick you or punch you in the face. It's really hard, I would say. And keep everything together, trying to show that you're not super tired, that you're not hurt. You're like, you still have to convince your opponent that you're still in the fight. Right. So if you can do that, then I think, and especially this is the other thing is if you do karate, if you do anything where you want to be good at, it takes years and years. There, there are no shortcuts. Yep. And I'm really saying, you can see this on Instagram, on these fucking quotes, but I'm saying this from experience. I've been doing karate for over 30 years. I've been doing PJJ now for 12 years. And there's nothing, and I feel similar to the league as well, that we struggle sometimes, but we should because it takes time until to get to a certain point. The UFC is 30 years in. It's not just came out of nowhere two years ago and then these guys made it. It's not like a, just a viral content which like nobody knew about this kid before, but today everybody knows about him. So I think sports and combat sports in general really helps you to transition to anything where you decide to have the same dedication. And then I have a mentor really helped my fighting career and he said karate equals life and everybody in the room said okay what the hell is he talking about and then as you get older you start to understand that what he means because there's no nothing in those 20 years 30 years 10 years which doesn't really happen to you and what you are not really prepared then if you're still in there and you're focused so you can really relate every little puzzle if you're a training camp if you know somebody hurt you if There's a lot of interaction with other people. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you get something you want, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you make stupid mistakes and you really pay for it. And I think it it really helps not only me, but a lot of people to get along. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I guess for all intents and purposes, karate combat is very young when you compare it to boxing, UFC, and even more like just combat in general. It's like, that's a thousand year old thing. Like Greeks did that. So when you think about like the way that karate combat is changing, what are you most excited about when you look at the growth or like the next five, 10 years of karate combat? And now, especially with the introduction of the league as a DAO, like what do you think the potential is and what gets you fired up about karate combat every day? So I would move back a little bit in time to say not only what I see in the next five and 10 years, but like what we accomplished in the last couple of years, because maybe some of the listeners don't really know what karate combat is, which first of all, I think is probably the best thing that happened to martial arts, traditional martial arts in the last hundred years. We're a professional karate league with the best karate fighters and strikers from the world. We've got over 130 fighters under exclusive contracts for multi-year, multi-fight contracts. And we're one of the fastest growing combat sports with the fastest growing social media platforms and channels. We are in the top 25 
sports content creators on Facebook, and we've got over 100 countries distributing our events on linear TV. And uh, we started back in 2018 with exotic locations, doing the fights in our very unique combat sports arena, which is the pit. It's a 45-degree mm-hmm. wall fighting arena, exotic locations, and then we transitioned into a seasonal format and also introduced a fully virtual environment. We did that live to tape with, with green screen and really with all the movie tricks you can think of, movie cameras, post-production, big budget, you feel like you're watching a movie. And then this year we transitioned to a live scenario, keeping the same virtual environments through LEDs and through track cameras and still innovating not only in sports, but innovating in TV and the broadcast and the movie industry as well, because nobody did a seven camera shoot when the cameras were tracked. This is not the weather channel when you've got like one camera and then one lady showing you something and then a green screen. This is like seven cameras, action, fights, knockouts, hundreds of people, and then people on site have the best time of their lives. And then people in front of their screens see that this is an unreal reality. These are things what we accomplished. And at the same time, we signed the best fighters and strikers. So now we're not only the biggest karate league, but we are also transitioning into be the biggest striking league out there. So not only a home for karate guys, but home for people who had some karate background before, and also anybody who's coming from a kickboxing background. And back in the days, I don't know how familiar you are with K1 in Japan. That was huge, like 50,000 in arena sold out. And for years and years, this was like the biggest fighting thing in the fighting community, and we're slowly transitioning to take over what those guys did back in the days, and at the same time be somebody in the fight game, which is not necessarily a competitor to the UFC, because it's like, if you like the NBA, you still like the NFL. They still play it with a ball. You can argue that, okay, it's two different sports. So it's striking, and MMA is two different sports. So you can, you might love the UFC and you might love karate combat at the same time. So it's not like you, you only can love one or the other. So this is where we are right now. And now we're transitioning to this decentralized model, which gives us a lot of opportunity to explore in the future, to have people build on what we built and have people 10x or 100x our growth and have not only us, the league, but also the fighters, the fans, and everybody more say in like what they want to see, where they want the league to grow. And I think that's where it comes in like, how, how do we see the next five years or 10 years? I would say 10 years is difficult. It's just too long. You, ne- you never know. And in this business, you don't know if you survive the next day. It's really a war room every single day. We're doing a show next week at Universal. A lot of things going on with the fights, with everything else. But if we can still keep on going, and I think we're really on a really good trajectory, then we're going to do more shows, more like the token will be in play in a lot of things. So this is going to be really like a snowball effect when this thing's going to grow. And in... I think in one, one or two years, people will think about karate combat as it was always here. So not just something like, okay, this is the new, it's like, because we are here for five years. So there's not too many fight organizations who survives after one or two years. There are a lot of local shows who make their money from selling tickets from the local guys. They, the guys who are fighting there are local. But if you look around, there's only one or two other organizations and everybody is the UFC junior is a copy paste of what the UFC is doing who are relatively new, but I'm telling you, they are very likely to go out of business very soon because it just doesn't work what they're doing. So I think just my big thing is building the platform so that 
when talent comes in, the fighters, the role, we find the role diamonds, and then this is the place for them to shine. And I think for me personally, because I've got my partners building the crypto part, the business, we all work together at the same time. I think the most, there's no, there are no fights. There are no fighters and there's no league and there's no business. There's no, no DAO, there's nothing. So our job is to create this platform, which is so solid that if the roll diamond comes in, then it can shine and be the next Conor McGregor the next Ronda Rousey and you name these guys without the platform, without the marketing and the media machine, this is impossible. And this is what we build now brick by brick every day. Yeah. I'm new to the fighting world. Like the first fight I've ever been to in person was the event last month. And just from a complete newbie perspective, I feel like karate combat is different than UFC. It's different than MMA. And, and the basic thing is just like that difference is built into the rules. Like I think for somebody who loves the UFC, if you remove the grappling element to it, it's still a really entertaining and fast paced and fun fight. Like karate combat has been different since its origins. And now I'm really excited about the decentralization model because I've been doing a lot of research about the history of fighting. There's a really cool. Have you seen the documentary on YouTube? It's called Fighting in the Age of Loneliness. I don't think so. Dude, I'm going to send it to you. Send it to, it to me. Yeah, it's really good. It's And then just like breaking, like I've learned a little bit about the history of jujitsu, the Gracie thing, the no holds barred as it evolved. And I think it's really interesting how like boxing was like king for a lot of older folks like that was what they grew up in the, the huge titles and then it's the belt system got like really complex it created this vacuum where then mma and ufc came in and it was like you're getting the best fights for these specific titles and then now ufc's gotten like inherently a little bit more political and political in terms of fighting politics not like yeah. government politics but then and it's also this huge money operation, whereas like the decentralization model that you guys are bringing forth, it's really no one else has done it at all. And then when people understand what it is, then it's like to the moon. And I think it's super cool. So I guess what I'm like, guess what I'm trying to do with this whole podcast is I want people to see how huge of a deal it is that a whole league for fighting is now decentralized and anybody can access it and make their own cool content or like stream fights and they're not having to pay-per-view and whatever else. But I think it all goes back to the original difference maker of karate combat is that the rules themselves allow for the best parts of fights that people want to see anyways, or what's prioritized. So there's a lot of striking and like high energy, which is amazing. But isn't that, if you think about it, because it was really good how you laid this down, you know, how, what boxing did not so well and then the ufc jumped in and took opportunity of like what there was a problem to solve right what was it that like so many organizations the real fights are not happening because of politics so like mayweather is fighting many pacquiao 10 years later than it should have happened and so many things like keep those records with zero so it, it's not realistic it's not what fans want to see they still want to see the big fights they pay for it but it happens once a year, once in five years. And so, like what the UFC done really well is understanding that get rid of this, the fighter picks who I want to fight once I'm a champion or the manager picks and then all goes sideways. And then they created this rule set and the league and the cage, which was always to be disruptive, to be something different, to be like people, oh shit, these are like animals, like fighting in a cage. And then step-by-step -step people, already so through that cage and so that the whole thing is not about like just being aggressive or being like two pit bulls in there but it's a, it's martial arts it's fighting it's art it's a lot of blood sweat and hard work and tears and joy and so on and that's how the whole thing could really start to work and also the stories behind the fighters the fights that's what make people really love the product and also like they were 
seeing the opposite what they couldn't see with boxing. And so my point is that I think with what we are creating right now is what you mentioned. If you look at last week's UFC fight between Stephen Thompson and Kevin Holland, that was a beauty in terms of entertainment, also high-level striking, zero grappling almost, no wrestling, and it was so enjoyable and entertaining. And this is what we bring to the table now with every of our fights, right? So I think we're doing relatively similar now with the UFC, although they do stuff really well. But they, like, even if you do everything well, then there are a few things which could be better, but you're all, almost unable to do. You're unable just to, out of nowhere, start doing virtual production because it takes so much R&D and everything around it that it's just impossible to transition to a DAO. We've got only LARPing, who is a genius in, with all the crypto. You need somebody like that, and you cannot just hire that person, right? And okay. we're just such a little company that we can move fast and we can make decisions fast. And that's why we can do stuff what the big guys cannot do. And then people don't like to watch, if you're not a super fan, they don't like to watch two guys grappling on the floor. And some people just doesn't like people elbowing each other on the floor until one is almost. We looked at what karate already has in terms of rule set and how we can transition the fighters who are already fighting for 20 years, 15 years, and not to start from scratch, but they can just transition here and do what they do best, but they do it even better because they get paid. They can get more popular. We give them a platform where they can shine and they can grow their own personal brand. And I think we're looking at the UFC and matchroom boxing and all these bigger guys in a way that they did the legwork for us. What is that we can take from there, them? when it comes to operations, when it comes to some of the storytelling. These guys literally took everything from WWE when it came to the storytelling, right? So they refined it. Now we're also looking at them and saying, okay, this storytelling is amazing. The way they build fighters are amazing. Like we, we can do it the same way or even better, how we can do that. And I think we found the few spots where people felt that they need a solution to that problem. And that's where we came with the fighting arena. People just don't like the cage. They want to have more access. We've got people pit side, like cheering. Roy John Jr. was there on our event and literally he could almost feel the punches himself. So the whole environment, what we created is so unique, is so intimate that the UFC, boxing, or other martial arts, or other combat sports, or even sports. Almost for them, it's impossible to recreate. And also we did it so combined that we're almost, we're so difficult to copy. Because people can copy maybe the pit. People can do stuff with the same rule set. Like it's the same with the iPhone. You can still do similar phones. It will look the same, but it won't be the same. Because we're creating this ecosystem with the DAO, with everything, it will be impossible, almost impossible, never seen possible. It will be probably impossible to do this, do something similar. And also once the whole DAO structure will be on solid foundation and everybody takes part, then it's very likely that we're just going to bypass these guys in a day in terms of what we have access to, in terms of resources, in terms of like, we might be able to do bigger purse fights than these guys do combined because the whole community is behind it. And this is what people want. They can say, okay, we want this free agent fighter right now. It costs $5 million. All right. It's the money. Like we've never seen this much money before, but now the community and the DAO will be able to make things like this happen. Like when Jake Paul, Jake Paul throws around numbers, blah, 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 blah. It's and then. Everybody will just look like, what the fuck just happened? Where were these guys before? And we are here for five years already. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of days. So we're pretty bullish in the whole product, the whole thing. And especially now when the market is down, it's the worst ever. Everybody's like depressed. Like we think that anybody who survives these days and these times, or even if you start now, 
then it's probably the best time because it seems like there's only up from here. Yeah, it's a builder's environment for sure. And I feel like the thing that most excites me is just the involvement of the fan. And I think that's the main window where these bigger fight leagues like UFC, they may not even view it as a problem, but your fans are what make everything possible. Like you can line up the biggest fights, but if you have nobody in the crowd, then fighters aren't going to want to fight. And so I think it's fantastic that this decentralized model actually allows fans to be like almost unofficial employees of karate combat and that they're able to like make decisions and what you guys are doing. I don't think in any other sport at all, nobody's given this much power and accessibility to the people who are like dedicated to watching your events. And I really think it's like some Genesis groundbreaking shit. I don't think, I don't and think things will, if it succeeds, we, I don't think things are ever going to be the same. Yeah. It's almost, I feel like you're one of us when we talk about this, because these are the exact words coming out of only LARPing's mouth. Like that, that when we pitch investors, when we pitch partners, we tell them exactly the same and more everybody's hyped about their own product and thing, but when we pitch it and we also show them what we've already done. Then they say, okay, these guys might be on onto something. And the one super like different thing is that we have a physical product. We have something we built in the last five years. This is not like a promise. These are actual people under exclusive contract. They show up. We've got like actual people working in operations. We've got these fights happening. So it's already something with, we can show. And if there was no DAO, then people would still be interested. So that's why I think if you look at our social media, this is like the biggest Web3 project when it comes to social media following. That's also something even the Web3 community doesn't realize. That even like we're bigger than the Bored Apes and all these guys. If you combine our social media platforms and also the diversity of fans we have, it's not just like the niche a Web3 crypto community, but it's really something where we could be a vehicle for the crypto community, the Web3 community to spread the word how Web3 can work in a good way and how decentralization and how the blockchain actually is working and we can just simplify it through sports and everything happened like if the foundation of sports is not to have wars or war or wars right to simplify things so people can understand so why don't we just use our league in a way to educate people on how we can simplify things because blockchain can be super difficult for people including me to understand like what the whole thing is about something it's almost impossible to touch you have to be like really higher iq understand what's going through these different projects but sport can help to simplify it to translate it to the everyday people yeah that's really true i had almost no understanding of web3 crypto stuff prior to getting involved in the organization that i've been involved in and because it's focused around sports, it's just a beautiful metaphor. And I don't want to get, and I'd have to think about it to explain it, but I'll just say yeah. it's a good metaphor. So chill. I'll break it down at a different time. But yeah, the, that's like a whole TED talk, dude. Like I could yeah. I think so. And like, I'm also was just thinking out loud. This is not something I prepared for. Same. To say, like when I talk about it, because I'm the same. So like I'm, I've been around crypto, just investing a little bit and like during for a few years now, starting before COVID. And then during COVID, I had a little bit more time to dig deep. And then like my partners who are more, so like, that's how I got educated more. I still probably understand 20% of the whole thing. I've been to like networking event last couple of days with only web three people. And I would say I was for sure the dumbest guy in the room and probably didn't understand 80% of the stuff, what they were telling me. At the same time, probably I'm still ahead of like 95% of the whole population about the whole thing. 
but again, what sports really helps and in, in communication in general, you have to simplify things for people to understand or even simplify it in a way that they don't even know that they are using it, they are doing it. It's the same when like I talk on this phone. I don't know what goes behind the scenes to make it happen. I know that there are antennas and like cellular, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to think about it. And sports is the same thing. Is like simple. It's a goal. It's not a goal. It's like the guy punched him in the face. That's a score. It's not a score. One knocked the other one out. Then who is the winner? The one who is still standing. So it's simple for people to understand. And I think if we can support the whole community with our model, what we are creating on understanding how blockchain and Web3 can be used for different purposes, then I think that's a big, that's a huge victory. Yeah, for sure. So if you're listening, basically Web3 lets you run a fighting league. And without Web3, you're going to pay a lot of money for pay-per-view. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's more to it. Well, I'm I have a, so I've interviewed only LARPing and mm-hmm. he's broken down. And then when I talk to Rob, I really want to try to get him to explain like the business side of things. So I've got three really interesting takes where I've got like the web three side, the fighter side, and then the business side. So hopefully what I'd love to what I'd love to have very clear by the end of this is that somebody is, oh, what's a DAO? How does that affect me? And then they listen to this series and they're like, oh, shit, this is cool. Yeah, I'm- and, yeah just think about it. It's three sports and business is very close to each other, right? Right. It, especially professional sports. When it comes to amateur sports, that's also business, but it's only for a few people and it's different. But sports and business. But then like how you combine these three and also what it's a huge area to discuss but if somebody's gonna take the time to listen all three and put things together then they will understand that how this is like back in the days when we started they said if seven people then basically the entire world or there's a connection between it so it's, right. i think it's similar here that if we're good on the business side we're good at the sports side we're good at the crypto then we are basically the future of a lot of things what yeah. where the world is heading no, I agree. This is the last not serious question. Are there is there a specific theme night that you haven't seen yet that you really want to see? In our virtual environment? Yeah, in the virtual environment and then like for an event. Like what would be like your dream theme night? That's a great question. We've been exploring all the ideas for three years now since we started the virtual production. You know what I would really like? To do is to recreate big historical moments or not historical but moments from movies for example right mm-hmm. so like when it's a blood sport moment have recreate the same environment but just having our pit in the yeah, center sick. and this can be fight sports but this could be also some other stuff which is other places which are like in movies, it's like really baked into people's head. If you look at it, you already know which movie it is, for example. And then it can be, yes, it can be. Then again, you can start spreading. It can be history. It can be key moments in the existence of humans. We can go to the moon, things like that. But I think what really would excite me right now is you know, recreating the famous fight, the movies and those, those fights like Bloodsport which comes to mind, then what is it? Mortal Kombat, we could do definitely. Yeah, that would be sick. And what is it? The Brad Pitt movie with Edward Norton. Oh, Fight Club? Fight Club. Just do Fight Fight Club. Club. so cool. Fight Club, yeah, and things along those lines. And then there's so many good stuff we can do. What do you think the worst theme would be? The worst theme is to do one in the middle of Publix. Just, I would say, I would love to do it. Honestly, because it's, then it means, you know, like somebody put a lot of money behind us, but imagine the fight being in one of the CVSs or Walgreens or Publix. Mm -hmm. I think that would be pretty boring. At the same time, it would be amazing in business because in Web3, we could just have people through their phones, just buy shit. So they're watching fights and then they could buy toilet paper at the same time because it's just something is happening and they need it. 
And then by the time the fights are over, they already have the thing. So at Whole Foods, we could do it. I think that's something which could be a really good business model for the future. I think the worst fight theme would be like if they had a whole fight. Have you seen the movie The Notebook? I don't think so. Okay. I'm trying to think of another one. I was, one. I, man, this is like the second thing you asked me what I didn't watch or see. And I have to tell you that I was, until people learned and watch stuff, I was just training. So that's my excuse. Like if I'm dumb or if I don't do something, that's probably the reason. Did you ever see Forrest Gump? Yes, sir. I've seen that. It'd be really funny if there was a Forrest Gump themed night where like the fight backdrop was like the bus stop that he was waiting at. <laughs> and then you had like historical figures from like someone dressed up as like Lieutenant Dan or something. Yep. <laughs> and so you have weird. everybody the same haircut. It's so Forrest weird. <laughs> we would have uh, in our VIP area, we would only have box of chocolates. And then we would have the, how do you call what he was sitting on and like waiting the bus. The bus, the benches, you'd have boxes of chocolates and Dr. Peppers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sick. Cool. Adam, thanks. Is there is there a place that people should and could follow you and keep up with what you're doing? Yeah. First of all, follow Karate Combat on karate.com and Karate Combat through all social media channels. My handle is Adam underscore Skovacs, S-K-O-V-A-C-S. And I'm really a tier two guy of just posting all the karate combat things. So if you come and look me up, then you probably get the best insights and behind the scenes stuff on what's going on with us with karate combat as just our show is coming up next week, December 17th. I'm not sure when this will land, but, but that's one of the biggest show we've ever put on together. Raymond Daniels versus Rafael Agaev, the two best of the best fighting each other. Like, I think you're really missing out if you're not looking at Craig.com and watching the fights. Can confirm. I will be there in Orlando. You can I confirm? Will... Oh, I'll be there. Yep. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Sick. And I'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, dude. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>